This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. A woman goes to her first pregnancy checkup and is told, congratulations, you're having twins. And weeks later at her next checkup, she's told, we only see one heartbeat. This scenario is more common than most people think. I'm Dr. Brooke Friedman, a reproductive endocrinologist and infertility specialist at Reproductive Partners. I'm here to shed some light on what is known as the vanishing twin syndrome. This is Twin Talks. The ultrasound shows your babies to be healthy. What? Did you say babies? You're huge. Are you having twins? Are they natural? Which one do you like better? Twins, huh? My neighbor's cousin's brother's uncle's a twin. So can they read each other's minds? How do you tell them apart? Twins? You got a two for one. Do twins run in your family? Double trouble. You're not having any more, are you? At least you're not Octomom. If you're pregnant with twins or you're an experienced twin parent, odds are you've heard it all before. Now it's time to hear from the experts. This is Twin Talks, Parenting Times 2. Welcome to Twin Talks, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. Twin Talks is your weekly online, on-the-go support group for expecting and new parents of twins. I'm your host, Christine Stewart Fitzgerald. Now, have you heard about the Twin Talks Club? Our members get bonus content after each new show, plus special giveaways and discounts. Subscribe to our monthly Twin Talks newsletter and learn about the latest episodes available. Another way for you to stay connected is by downloading our free Twin Talks app. It's available in the Android and iTunes marketplace. Before we get started, uh, let's introduce our panelists in the room, and I'll introduce myself first. Um, I'm the mom to uh, ID girls who are just five, they turned five years old uh, last week, and uh, I also have a singleton who is going to be two, so it seems like all of our birthdays just happened at the same time. And uh, so we are definitely, we're, we're a girl. We're a girl family. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of estrogen. Yes. <laughs> uh, we're split in my house. So um, I'm Sunny, and I'm the owner of New Mommy Media, which produces Twin Talks, Parent Savers, The Boob Group, and Preggy Pals. And uh, we have four children, my husband and I. My oldest kids are boys. I have a four-year-old, a two-year-old. It, it's pretty bad when you say your oldest is four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I have identical twin girls, Ainsley and Addison, um, who are 10 months old. Um, I'm Shelly. I'm the producer here at Twin Talks. I have identical twin boys who just turned two in July. And then I have a singleton girl who is three weeks old. So we've got a three under three situation here. I I wanted to let you guys know we have a virtual panelist program. So for those of you who can't get out of your house and into the studio, you can follow us on Facebook or on Twitter. And you can also use the hashtag TwinTalksVP to stay a part of our conversation. And we want to thank Shelly. This is actually Shelly's last episode episode with us at least for the time being we we open the door for her to come back whenever she wants but as you can imagine with a newborn little girl and her twins at home things are a little crazy and she needs to be home and be with her family we're sad (laughs) but we hope she'll come back at some point so um shelly we just want to thank you for your time thank you i'm sure i'll be in here yeah as a i'll drag her along and be a panelist yeah we'd love to have you back but we appreciate it thanks (laughs) shelly 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So before we start today's show, we're going to talk about a different medical phenomenon. So instead of vanishing twin, we have an incidence where a woman ended up with kind of an extra one. So um, a woman in England considered a true medical miracle. She gave birth to triplets from two separate wombs. So it's a rare condition that only affects one in a million women. Um, As you can imagine, she was concerned that she would never have children. And in fact, kind of the opposite happened she ended up pregnant in one uterus with a singleton and in the other one with identical twin it was a high-risk pregnancy she had the 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 triplets early and low birth weight but luckily they seem to all be healthy and and doing well she says that's just amazing i mean well having triplets is just you know a big deal but then having them you know Different two wounds. Yeah, two. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Now we have our expert in here. Now I, I have to ask our expert, um, Dr. Friedman. I mean, now what are the chances of women having two wounds? So it's a, it's incredible. It's rare. It's rare, but we definitely see it. So it's what's called a uterine didelphus, which basically there are two separate uterine horns, um, and and women actually can conceive spontaneously with a uterine didelphus. So um, it's not that that automatically equates with infertility. So it's definitely it's a rare phenomenon, but we do see it not infrequently um, and sometimes it's actually associated with two services as well so sometimes they have two two uterine horns and two two cervixes two services so we don't know how that happens it, it basically it's it's a abnormality that occurs when we're in our mother's womb okay. so it's basically the uterus doesn't form normally um, usually what happens is those two horns fuse together but that just doesn't occur in some women so they have so one set of fallopian tubes on I, one on each side. So one on each side. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So usually they have one ovary on each side, and they have one horn kind of in the fallopian tube on each side. Oh my goodness! And then wow. you said two services. Sometimes service is, so. Service is the plural. Yeah. Of <laughs> yes. Sorry. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and not not all the time, but sometimes they do have two two so a cervix for each horn. Okay, now I have to ask, um, just, you know, from, from a clinical standpoint, I'm imagining this woman going into labor, and so she's having contractions on both uterus, each uterus, right? So she's having double contractions? You know, I don't I don't know that, she, yeah, I don't oh, know wow. that it would just, I, would I don't think know how it would they, feel different, but. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would think the pregnancy, it seems like with the early birth weight, she probably wouldn't yeah. make it all the way to. So because there's less space typically in yeah. each horn, so definitely, you know, there's an increased risk of preterm delivery, particularly with two in one horn. Since there's less space, it's, it's not surprising that she delivered early, but I'm glad to hear that the baby seemed to be doing well. Did it say what the birth weight was? Did you say um, they the were babies? each uh, between two and three pounds? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They probably had they had some NICU experience. Yes. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Wow. Just that that's just amazing in of itself. At least they're they're doing well, right? With this. Yeah. Good this, to hear a positive story. Right. Was an update at what six months? So they're mm-hmm. the babies are six months now. That's yep. great. Absolutely. Right. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Well, today's topic is vanishing twin syndrome, and we're talking with Dr. Brooke Friedman, um, who's helping us understand what this phenomenon really is and how it uh, can affect women carrying twins. So thanks for joining us, Dr. Friedman. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Can you explain what this is from a medical standpoint? Absolutely. So typically in the context of, let's say, an IVF pregnancy, typically the most common scenario is that, for example, two embryos are transferred and both implant, but only one continues. So what can happen is that first pregnancy ultrasound around six weeks, often there's two separate sacs and two heartbeats seen, but then the follow-up ultrasound, it looks like only one is continuing. And the other the other um, pregnancy, which initially implanted, was not able to continue developing. Mm-hmm. So it's known as a vanishing twin. So vanishing one, twin. One twin does not continue and typically is absorbed by the body, and then the, result, the remaining singleton um, continues. And does this happen uh, more frequently um, with the use of fertility treatments or, I mean, in spontaneously as well? Absolutely. It appears to be more common with fertility treatments, but also really with fertility um, treatments in pregnancy, typically are we're doing monitoring early. So it's a little bit hard to compare with spontaneously conceived pregnancies where not all women are getting an ultrasound at six weeks. Mm -hmm. That's pretty early. It's like two weeks after a missed period. So often there may be vanishing twins that we're not picking up um, with spontaneously conceived pregnancies because most women, when they go to their OBGYN, aren't getting an ultrasound until later in pregnancy. So with an IVF pregnancy, we're typically doing that ultrasound quite early at six weeks. So we're also detecting this phenomenon um, because we're all doing an ultrasound so early. So for mm-hmm. yeah, for most women, it's between eight and ten weeks is right. when you would go in for a right. dating ultrasound. Um, and I remember being really concerned. I, I went in at eight weeks and found out we were having twins, and then did all the research and was terrified for two whole weeks that this other twin was just going to disappear. <laughs> and when I went to back at ten weeks to see the um, the perinatologist who I would see for my mm-hmm. pregnancy, he was like that. By the time you've seen two heartbeats on an ultrasound between eight and ten weeks, uh, the odds of this happening are almost. I mean. It, it, don't even worry. It goes about down it. substantially. Yeah, it Absolutely. goes down substantially because of, so it's it's one of those things where I mean people are looking for it and worried about it, but by the time you've you've gone in and confirmed a twin pregnancy at, at a normal you know Absolutely. a more average time, it's not really a major concern. Absolutely, certainly beyond ten weeks, it becomes less common. And what what causes the loss of an embryo? I mean, is this considered um, just like a standard miscarriage, or you know what's you know what's the the reason behind it? Sure, I mean it, we typically think of it as that 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 embryo was not able to continue to develop into a healthy pregnancy. So I often talk to women in much the same way if they've had a miscarriage. So we know that the majority of losses of, let's say, just a a regular miscarriage are due to genetic abnormalities of the embryo that were preventing it from becoming a healthy pregnancy, a healthy child. So we know that that was the most likely explanation for an embryo that's not able to continue developing. Um, But it's, it's something that we are often not able to answer with certainty, but most most miscarriages, most pregnancy losses are due to a genetic abnormality of the embryo. And um, are there any factors that would put a woman at higher risk um, to, to lose an embryo? 
You know, again, I think it really stems to that. Um, the most likely explanation is there being a genetic com- um, abnormality with the embryo. I mean, I w- basically would tell a patient who has experienced a vanishing twin, what I would tell a patient who had a miscarriage is it's not your fault. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing you did to, to make this happen. Mm-hmm. I think we know that, unfortunately, as we get older as women, we have an increased likelihood of having genetically abnormal eggs. That's just our biologic reality. It's not fair, but that's unfortunately just our biology. So as we get older, there is an increased likelihood of having a genetic abnormality in the in the embryo, which could increase the chance of a miscarriage. And would it uh, be safe to say that if, if a woman has had um, a miscarriage in the past, um, is it more she more likely to have the incidence of vanishing twins? You know, I wouldn't say that. Okay. I mean, I think that having a miscarriage is quite common. And, mm-hmm. and so I think that it's, um, I, I wouldn't say that it's necessarily predictive of having a vanishing twin. Well, that's, so, good. that's good to know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Um, and I think we were, you know, we were talking earlier about sort of um, having vanishing twins, um, you know, or, or take place within the first, you know, maybe six or eight weeks. Um, is, is that sort of the highest period of time which in which that would happen? Or um, are there certain periods of time where it's um, more you know, dangerous or more frequent? So I would say earlier is more frequent. So Mm -hmm. I say prior to eight weeks, you know, when we're doing those early ultrasounds at six weeks, I mean, I think prior to eight weeks seems more common. I think as with advancing gestational age, it becomes less common. So certainly after 10 weeks, certainly after 12 weeks, I think that it would be um, much less common. So when we think of a vanishing twin syndrome, we're typically thinking of a very early loss of that second um, pregnancy. And I would think so for most women who are not um, experiencing fertility treatments um, and, you know, as, as Shelly said, you know, going in, you know, I think I, I think I went in at eight weeks was my first, um, you know, checkup. Um, so we may not even know most women who are um, at eight or, or 10 weeks getting that initial ultrasound may have never know that there true. was a vanishing twin. True. Absolutely. I think that is true. We may never know. I think we know that incidence is most likely higher with IVF pregnancies in which we know that multiple embryos are being transferred. So the majority of the time, usually only one egg is released and it usually doesn't split. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so in, in um, couples who are in, and women who are not using fertility treatment, I think if they go in at that eight-week scan, I think most likely that started as a singleton pregnancy. But I'm sure there are certainly some that have begun, but I think it's a lot less likely. And overall, I mean, statistically speaking, um, you know, what what is the the likelihood of, um, you know, conceiving multiples and, and then having the, the vanishing twin? I mean, I don't know if, and it, I'm sure it's, maybe it's different between spontaneous and yeah. IVF. Well, we, in, in the IVF literature, the the rate of um, vanishing twins seems to, to range a little bit, but it, it has been described to be about 10% of all pregnancies to be as high as 30% of all initial twin pregnancies may result in a vanishing twin pregnancy. So that's quite a range, but it's, it's not uncommon um, in the IVF literature. I think, again, we just have uh, less statistics regarding spontaneous pregnancies since most of those ultrasounds aren't Mm -hmm. done until later. Mm -hmm. So we just don't have as much data regarding a six-week ultrasound versus an eight-week or 10-week ultrasound in in, um, the absence of fertility treatments. And we might, I mean, we might be seeing more of it because I know that they just released the new guidelines for dating pregnancies that recommends getting the early dating ultrasound to kind of correlate with your last menstrual period. Because I know I'm somebody, I have PCOS and I have very irregular cycles. And so um, if I hadn't been tracking my cycle, I would have been thoroughly confused when I went to get my um, ultrasound for, for this baby. I had had a miscarriage and then a really long cycle um, following that. So, it, I, you know, I went in and they... They 
I would have been like 10 weeks pregnant based on when I had had my last period. But I knew from from tracking ovulation mm-hmm. that, that I was really only six weeks along. So um, as more women become aware of the importance of dating pregnancy, especially with those end cutoffs for twins, right. you know, those 38, 39 week cutoffs, if you know your your dates, mm-hmm. um, then you're, it's it's a better chance of being accurate. So maybe we'll see more data. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's earlier on, but I think I guess in general, we it, it's safe to say that um, for most twin moms who've heard, okay, we're carrying. There's two heartbeats. Um, that ninety plus percent are going to continue on as healthy twin pregnancies. I think. I think. Well, I think that the the further along in the first trimester, the people get the the more comfortable um, we can be and kind of breathe a little bit easier. So mm-hmm. I think the majority of the time it continues on without out difficulty so I think I would want to offer that reassurance to cu- to couples who have conceived twins um, but much the same way sometimes people consider um, not um, sharing with the whole world that they're pregnant until the end of the first trimester I mean I think sometimes particularly if it's an IVF pregnancy and you're doing a scan at six weeks um, you know sometimes people choose to wait a few more weeks just to get final confirmation but again the vast majority of the time it's um, continues on without difficulty so we always want to be optimistic and hopeful <laughs> yes so um but i, I think it, it's something that it, we do know is a phenomenon that seems to be more common with ivf pregnancies since we're monitoring them early on you know it's really interesting i didn't know it was called vanishing twin syndrome at the time but when i found out that i was pregnant with twins they didn't catch it at my first ultrasound so it was my um first trimester screenings that i was doing so i was about 11 weeks or so pregnant um and my first question to them was is the second baby or are they both okay because they since they didn't see it I don't know if they were hiding I don't know what was right. going on in eight <laughs> weeks but um, that was my first question is well maybe they didn't see it because it's there's only half a twin there you know something yeah, yeah. you know you don't know I mean someone's giving you news like that that's that's you know you have a lot of questions like that but um, yeah and I think a lot of um, people finding out especially if you you know you didn't know you were going to have twins there's no twins in your family so it's one of those complete you know surprises I think it's really natural for for parents to wonder okay what is the cutoff then for really thinking that this is going to be viable you know but it sounds like it's great advice just to use that you know first trimester mark before you make a big announcement (laughs) yeah I would say tell your friends and family but you know if you feel comfortable but I think for wider announcements sometimes people feel more comfortable just waiting a few extra weeks Mm -hmm. right Well, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about um, some of the signs um, that you could experience a vanishing twin. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Well, welcome back. Today we're talking with Dr. Brooke Friedman about vanishing twins um, during the pregnancy. Um, so maybe you can describe what are some of the symptoms that a woman might experience that suggest uh, the loss of an embryo? So oftentimes there are no symptoms. So oftentimes because we're, we're talking about something that's so early on, typically between six to eight weeks of pregnancy, typically there are no symptoms. Sometimes it can be associated with a little bit of bleeding, um, but often there are no symptoms. 
Okay, so she really wouldn't know until she visits um, her next checkup and gets an ultrasound. Then. Yeah, often it's uh, often there may be no symptoms or there may be a little bit of bleeding. It's a little bit. Yeah. And and besides um, ultrasounds, are there? I mean, there are other tests that would confirm um, that there is a loss. No, it's really ultrasound based. Okay. Yeah, that's really the only way to know for sure. I had a question. Um, so with a miscarriage, obviously there there will be bleeding at some point, or else the woman has to have. Um, the d- dilation and cure, right? DNC done if the if it doesn't pass on its own. But with vanishing twins, it seems like you said that the embryo can just get kind of reabsorbed. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't happen with a singleton miscarriage, right? So what's what kind of what's the difference? How does sure. that work? Sure, I think it's really stemming towards that these vanishing twins are very very early losses. So I think if you're looking at a pregnancy that's you know around six weeks, you know that it tends to sort of um, be a much smaller pregnancy. Um, and, you know, the body can just absorb it. We're not going to obviously don't want to intervene because there's a continuing pregnancy there. Um, and so, um, you know, it just sort of the there is a small amount of tissue that will remain there. Um, but it, it's something that then the body can sort of absorb or sometimes it just um, stays small. And then it's actually something that we can sometimes see like at the time of the delivery of the single remaining singleton. Um, is it something that when you go to your first appointment, let's say you didn't know that this had happened, is it something that a medical provider would definitely tell you about? Or, you know, I mean, sometimes I feel like we're only told what we need to know. And is that something we really need to know? Like we're saying it could show up on an ultrasound. Um, is it something, and maybe this is subjective, maybe this every sure. provider is different. But. Sure. I mean, I think certainly we're always very honest about what we see. So if okay. we see something at six weeks and we see, I see more than one implantation, more than one pregnancy, I'm going to say I see more than one pregnancy. Sometimes, sometimes what will happen, you know, it, in the case of, of a twin pregnancy is that one pregnancy will look uh, more developed than the other, but there'll be a size discrepancy. And so then I'll say with the couple, you know, I'm a little bit concerned about one twin that's measuring smaller, measuring behind, but let's repeat the ultrasound and see. And sometimes it's the smaller one that is showing signs of, of not being as developed that then doesn't continue to develop at the next scan. Um, but I, I um, but certainly, I, I would be surprised if that was information not disclosed to a patient. I think it's we always want to be honest about what we see, and um, it's it, you know just want to be forthright and 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 everything we see at each each ultrasound. It sounds like you have to um, you're, you're trying to communicate that there is concern, but then you don't want to upset them too well, much. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's a real yeah. you know yeah. tough balance. It is. It is. I mean I always say I want to be cautiously optimistic. <laughs> yeah. So I, I always say that. I want to I always want to be cautiously optimistic. I want to be hopeful, um, but I also want to be honest. So if I do have a concern, I always want to say I want to be cautiously optimistic, but I am a little bit concerned that, you know, this is this may be what's going on, but let's reevaluate um, next time. And I mean, if if you do see that, I mean, when uh, the woman's going to, you know, to to regular checkups and the ultrasound does confirm that there is a loss, um, you know, can you tell us about any of the the psychological or emotional experience that might be common for women in this position? Absolutely. I think particularly um, with the the patients that I see that have been struggling with infertility can be quite devastating. You know, I think it's, um, so I I really talked to them the same way that I've talked to someone who've had a miscarriage. And then again, reemphasizing this is not your fault and that we know this is a common phenomenon, trying to place it into context to normalize it, that we know that, you know, as high as 30% of some studies have have described this phenomenon and that we know it most likely stems from not every embryo being genetically normal or structurally normal, not being able for that embryo to develop into a healthy child. 
child and that this was nature's way of recognizing that and saying you know what this embryo was not able to continue to develop um, so that's generally kind of what I what I talk about and just to acknowledge the fact that it is a loss um, and you know but then to focus on the the remaining singleton that's there mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and really to kind of celebrate that absolutely pregnancy, yeah. absolutely and then you know as you mentioned oftentimes if that there was a scan done later we would might never have known that there was a second implantation but having seen that then and um you know as soon as you you see that then your mind obviously goes you know towards envisioning that twin pregnancy understandably so um it can come as is quite a shock but i think just emphasizing that we really feel like that's probably nature's way of recognizing that was not going to be able to be a healthy child and I do know that there are some um, support groups. Um, there's there's a few uh, links on the Multiples of America website uh, that list support groups for moms who have lost um, a twin, whether it's in utero or um, after birth. And I think those are some you know great resources. Absolutely, because it is a fairly unique situation. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And now we know you're not you're you're a reproductive endocrinologist. You're not a psychologist. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, for for those moms who you know maybe. Maybe they, they, you know, did get the scan at the, you know, the eight, 10 weeks and um, they were really excited about having twins and they, you know, told their family and friends and then, you know, two, three weeks later, find that they have, in fact, um, lost the embryo. Um, you know, what advice do you give, you know, in terms of responding to all those questions like, oh, how are the twins doing? <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a very difficult situation. I think some of the support groups that you mentioned, I think can be helpful in that in that situation. But I think just if they're comfortable being honest to say, you know, this, this can happen. My doctor told me this is actually quite common, unfortunately, early in the first trimester, and that we know this was really most likely related to a, an abnormality of the embryo that was not allowing it to continue to develop into a healthy pregnancy. And, and and so just sort of acknowledging that this is common and and just trying to educate people if they feel comfortable that this is common, um, unfortunately, but then trying to celebrate the, the singleton and, and the focus on the, the remaining pregnancy. But certainly, you know, I always encourage patients if they're struggling to get as much support as possible, whether that be family, friends, support groups, a psychologist, psychiatrist, therapist. I mean, I think it's really important for people to, to have the support that they need to, to get through what may be a challenging time. I think it's really important to acknowledge it as, as we've talked about, as a loss too, because there's there would be a lot of people probably quick to say, but you still have a baby. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I know even the mental process I went through in finding out that I was pregnant with twins, like you start envisioning things of and, course, and, you of know, course. then there's two babies and then, you know, and then I think you're constantly reminded when you see their sibling. Do you know what I mean? And I don't, I don't know how long that lasts. I've never been in that position, but I, I think it's really important to um, acknowledge that that it is a loss and that um, you know that it's difficult. It's really difficult, especially because when you find out you're going to be a twin mom, y- there's there's special groups for twin yes. moms, and yeah. and it's just a different kind of classification that you get. You mm-hmm. know, just mm-hmm. a different group. Sure. And um, then you're suddenly not quite part of that. And I don't know. There's a little disclu- You know. Yeah. I don't it's know. it's hard because. Um, I had, like I said, had an early miscarriage um, after my boys and before this baby. Um, And I really struggled trying to get support because I had two healthy, Mm -hmm. happy children. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of support groups are for people who, you know, there are people with multiple miscarriages who don't have children yet. And it, it can be kind of 
kind of hard because you you almost feel like you're not allowed to be upset because right. you know you already have kids and it's not fa- that kind of thing and so I think like you said acknowledging the feelings and kind of reaching out for support um I'm somebody yeah. who's struggled off and on with you know anxiety and other things and I, I can't speak enough positive things about maternal mental health mm-hmm. professionals yeah. um you know all moms struggle I really honestly think every mom should find a good therapist um but you know it's just having somebody who's not who's not judgmental to talk to about it can be really helpful you know your your mom or your cousin or your friend they're gonna say you've got one healthy baby you know and it's gonna be fine and you know don't even worry about it but somebody who's a professional won't have that their job is not to sugarcoat things for you and so you can be more honest about Mm -hmm. your feelings of loss with somebody who's who's not trying to make you feel better you know who's Mm -hmm. just there to help acknowledge it so I really think if this happens to you or somebody you know I mean finding those resources can be invaluable absolutely I think it's important to just have respect for um, everyone's situation is going to be unique. Everyone's journey is going to be different. So I think that um, everyone can deserve some extra support. So if someone's struggling for whatever reason, be it their infertility journey, be it a miscarriage or vanishing twin syndrome, I think it's absolutely um, an excellent idea to reach out to get some extra support. It can be very helpful. That's great advice. Well, uh, thanks so much for everyone for joining us today. And for more information about the Vanishing Twin Syndrome or for more information about any of our speakers or panelists, you can visit our episode page on our website. And this conversation continues for members of our Twin Talks Club. And after the show, our panelists will talk about how this may affect the surviving twin. So for more information about the Twin Talks Club, visit our website, newmommymedia.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, Twin Talks, we have a special segment today. It's called We're Expecting What? And it's all about the crazy stories we have of how we found out we were pregnant with twins. And this story comes from Carrie of Omaha, Nebraska, and she left us this message. Hi, um, this is Carrie from Omaha, Nebraska. My husband and I talked about having children, and we decided finally to try for one. He was in school finishing up his bachelor's degree after a second time going through college and um, later on in years. Anyway, um, he was, he, we had a, a sonogram scheduled and he had a midterm that day, so he did not want me to talk to him until the end of the day. I wasn't allowed to text him. I had to go to the sonogram myself. We tried once for to get pregnant, and um, when I went in for the sonogram, she told me we were having twins and um, I was hysterical. I was laughing and crying and thinking my husband's going to kill me and thinking this is so exciting, but mostly my husband's going to kill me. She actually told me I had to calm down so she could continue the sonogram. And uh, when I got out, I told all my friends and family and he still didn't know until the end of the day. So it was pretty funny, but um, they're two now, and uh, they're beautiful, and we love them so much. It's the best thing that ever happened to us. So we're very happy. 
If you'd like to share your fantastic story with us of how you found out you're pregnant with twins, you can call our voicemail at 619-866-4775 or send us an email. That wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to Twin Talks. Don't forget to check out our sister show, Preggy Pals, for expecting parents, our show, The Boob Group, for moms who breastfeed their babies, and Parent Savers, your parenting resource on the go. This is Twin Talks, Parenting Times 2. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. New Mommy Media is expanding our lineup of shows for new and expecting parents. If you have an idea for a new series, or if you're a business or organization interested in joining our network of shows through a co-branded podcast, visit newmommymedia.com. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.